0: I invite us as we're able to stand for our gospel reading this morning. It is taken from the gospel according to John, chapter 1, reading through various verses between verse 1 and verse 14. I invite us now to hear these words about the Word made flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. The glory is of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, good morning. It is good to see you here on a chilly and wet morning on the fourth Sunday of Advent. I'm glad that you have chosen to be here. I want to thank the Johnston and, and the Sharp family for lighting our Advent uh, wreath this morning. Thank you for, for doing that. We've been um, working our way through Advent season now for four weeks. This is our fourth Sunday, and we have um, lighted the candle of love this morning. And as we make our way through Advent, we are, we're challenged. The church and our faith challenges us to be patient, to wait, and to prepare ourselves, that is our hearts, our minds, our bodies, our lives, our families, our neighbors, our colleagues, our entire world for the coming of Christ. And through the course of Advent, as we light each candle, we have been reminded of how the different gospel writers understand and present Jesus Christ Mark presents presents the Messiah, the Son of God. And Matthew Matthew presents also the Messiah. And Luke presents the savior of the world. Last week when we read Matthew, we talked about Emmanuel. That was the, the name that Jesus was to be given upon his birth. And as we went through the story, the birth narrative of Matthew, we're, we're given it from Joseph's perspective. And when Joseph hears these words, Emmanuel, he is promised, and we are promised, that God is with us. And that has been a promise that was lived out from the Old Testament and times of the prophets to this unexpected birth of the Messiah, the Rabbi, the Christ, the Anointed One, the Savior of the world, Emmanuel, God is with us. And now we arrive on this fourth Sunday of Advent, And we're talking about the light of the world. We're given a promise by God that there is this gift. It's on its way. It's coming. It's arriving. And now we can look back and say it arrived, and we can look forward and say it will arrive again. And that is the light of the world. You know, the, the scriptures talk about darkness and light. It, it, when we read Genesis chapter 1, we understand that even in the beginning of our holy scriptures, it begins in darkness. As God's spirit, wind, and, and, and breath hovers over this dark void, and he speaks. God speaks, and light is brought forth. And God saw the light and called it good. And we're told that God separated the darkness from the light. This understanding and this conversation about darkness and light weaves its way through the entire scriptures. In the Psalms, we understand that the, the, the word of the Lord lights our path. Proverbs tells us that if, if you choose to do wrong, if you choose not to follow God, you are walking a path of darkness. And then when we get to to John, the Gospel of John, we're told that the light of the light, that is the word made flesh, is coming into the world. And the darkness will not overcome it. And we read further, we find in Matthew that Jesus, as as he teaches his disciples, tells them that you, that is you, a plural you, we are the light. Like a city on a hill, we're to be a light to the world. A light that is reflecting God's light. And in Revelation, as John unveils the Revelation before us, in the last chapter, we're told that there will be no more night, that Jesus Christ will be the light, and that's all the light we'll need. Because as, as John understands it, The world, all of creation, all of humanity will be renewed and the promises will be fulfilled and God will be fully revealed and we will see the light. All of creation will be illuminated by Christ, the Messiah, Emmanuel, and the light of the world. And so we light these candles every week. And I want you to imagine just for a moment, if we didn't have any lights in here, and this was, um, uh, um, the room was dark, and each week we began to light a candle. And as the flame is lit for each week, there's more light in this room. That's the point of Advent. The fact that we are moving through these four weeks And God is revealing more to us. We are able to see more of the light of the God is with us. And when we arrive on Christmas Eve and we light the Christ candle, that's a symbol that God has fulfilled his promise. That God is with us. And the light of the world has arrived. And the darkness has not overcome it. It's a funny thing when we talk about darkness and light, and we can think about darkness in different ways. One of the ways I like to think about it is, is if darkness is the absence of light, it kind of like evil is the absence of good. And so if we, if we think about that, and we begin to kind of put together our own thoughts and our own understandings of darkness and light, the Scriptures have its understanding. And, and there's two ways to look at it. Um, one is to look at what's called a moral darkness. And moral darkness are those things that we choose to do, those selfish intents, those harmful things that we do to ourselves and to others, which offers darkness to ourselves and to others. Another darkness that can come out of this moral darkness, but also exists in and of itself. It's called a relational or situational, emotional darkness that just comes in living life. Life experience offers seasons of darkness for us. And so when, when Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah writes in, 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 his, in his writings that the people sat in darkness, this was a season. They were in captivity. They were trapped. And it, the world felt awfully dark. And it may not have been any, any issue on their part. It could have been their leaders or a previous generation. But they have received the situation. And so they sit in darkness. But they're given this hope, this promise that light is coming. That Emmanuel, that is God with us, is always there. And so when we think about this idea of, of darkness in the world, whether it's a, a moral darkness and we've received harm or offered harm to ourselves or others or to the world, or we, we have just encountered this situation that's beyond our control, and we find ourselves in despair or depression or anxiety or fear or just this season of darkness, know that God is there with us offering light. Light that looks like Hope, peace, joy, and love. Even as we sit in this season. Now, when I think about the idea of darkness and light coming into the darkness, I, I, I'm always reminded of the story that happened with Leanne and I. We were we were children. We had just hadn't even really started dating yet. I, I met her in a in a class, in a graduate class, and I really. I, I just wanted to, to get to know her. It's all I wanted to do. And so I I thought, well, I'll just ask her out. What's the worst gonna happen? She can say no. Heard that before. So I, I asked her out for lunch and and she said yes. So I was thrilled. And I thought I said, I'm gonna take her to my favorite restaurant. And it's real close, so I'll just pick her up from work and we'll go to the grand finale, which is right there off of, right off of the campus, and in Florida State. It's really close. It's this wonderful little restaurant. It's, it, it's, a, it's like a steamer kind of a restaurant, known for their oysters and their steamed vegetables, and, and it, it's just, oh, it's, it's, it was so good. I didn't think about the simple fact that I had only ever been to Grand Finale at night. Now, Grand Finale, the restaurant, was below street level. It was in a basement. And it, it reeked of Seafood. I mean, it was like going to a a crab house. But upstairs was this great little bar that had live music. Well, that's where I spent most of my time at Grand Finale, was watching live music. But they did have really good steamed oysters. And that special with the rice and the vegetables and the Havarti cheese over it. That was fantastic. So I thought, hey, this is a good plan. So I picked her up. And we, we went in, and, I, and I, I had in my mind what it would look like, because it looked like, you know, it was, it was you know, dimly, romantically lit, you know, candle lights on the table, you know, and, and, and good food, good service. And that was what was in my head. But we walked in at lunchtime in the middle of the week. There wasn't a candle on the table. It was brightly lit with fluorescent lights. And you could see everything. I mean, everything. And I was horrified. I thought, oh, no, here's one of our first dates. This will be it. This is the end. I've, I've recommended this place. It's, oh, this is terrible. Because you could see, you know, the paint was peeling off the walls. There were cracks. And there were stains on the ceiling. You know, the ceilings beginning to bow. And, 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 and the, 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 the floor was kind of scraped away, concrete. And, and it, it, I don't even know what was on the tables. It was frightening. And she, she was a trooper. She said, yeah, let's try it. It's going to be really good. So we sat down and ate, and it was fantastic. The food was every bit as good as I remember and every bit as good as I told her. But this whole notion about darkness and light just comes overflowing for me because this is the idea. We have this darkness and the light of the world comes and shows us everything. It shows us all of the good that is in the world. And it also shows us all of the brokenness and all of the pain and all of the hard places. It's all revealed, laid out, illumined there before us, just kind of laid out to see it for what it is. And that's what we're asked to do during Advent, is to understand and to see the darkness that's in our world. Our own personal, personal space. Our own family space. Our own worlds. And to know that God is coming, has come, and will come, and will shed light on all of it. And will do more than that. will heal us. We'll renew all these things. One of the interesting things about um, darkness and, and like, uh, despair and depression and, and those hard places in life... If we don't have this faith, if we don't have this understanding and this belief in, in Christ that God is with us and, and is doing good things for us, is wants the best for us, wants this relationship with us, we don't have this sense of hope or this sense of joy or this sense of, of love and peace. We don't, we don't have that. And so in this dark world, in this darkness, we have to create our own understanding, our own comfort. And people do. People are quite adept at finding some comfort in, these, in the darkness of the world. Bruce Springsteen, who's one of my favorites, has a great song. It came out just a couple of years ago. It's called um, Hello Sunshine. It's on an album called Western Stars. It's more a country and western theme for him. But I... I, I This song really does reach down and grab how people will cling to a darkness or try or find comfort in the dark. In this song, the character has done just that. He's found his comfort zone in his unknowing, his ignorance, and in the despair and the pain of life. He's unrooted, and he's wandering. But he's given a glimpse of sunshine, of light. And it's so good. And he wants more of it. But he struggles to hold in tension this comfort he's held for so long. In the sunshine. Springsteen sings, I had enough of heartbreak and pain. I had a little sweet spot for the rain. For the rain and skies of gray, hello, sunshine, won't you stay? You know I always liked my walking shoes, but you can get a little too fond of the blues. You walk too far, you walk away. Hello, sunshine, won't you stay? As the song goes on, he tries to hold intention. This comfort he has found in the despair and the pain. And the warmth and light of the sunshine. He doesn't try to answer the question. He leaves that to us. God leaves that to us. It's our choice. Do we live in the light, the light of the world, or do we live in the darkness? It's our choice. God wants us to choose the light. Desires us to choose the light, makes a way for us to choose the light, offers us the gift and the promise of Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world. Our response is our choice. And when we choose the light of the world, when we choose Jesus Christ, when we choose God's gift of love for us, it comes with a responsibility, it comes with a challenge we find it in the the gospel of matthew where matthew chapter 5 verses 14 to 16 the gospel writer says you this is jesus speaking to his disciples teaching them you that's a plural you you are the light of the world a city built on a hill cannot be hid no one after lighting a lamp puts it under a bushel basket but on the lampstand and it gives light to all in the house In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our good works, that's our responsibility. That's our challenge. Our good works are to reflect the light of the world to our world, to reflect peace and joy and love and hope to our worlds. So I'm not sure where where you are in life or what darkness you face or are facing or have faced or will face. I just know that whatever darkness you do face, whatever darkness we face, we have a light. And it's the light of the world. It's the light that brought light into the world, that created the world, and now offers us illumination and offers us peace and joy and love and hope in the midst of darkness. So that I give thanks for God's holy word, for the gift of His love that we find in Jesus Christ, and for you, the plural you who are called to be a city on a hill in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit amen
1: as you are able please stand and join in the affirmation of faith the apostles creed found in your bulletin i believe in god the father almighty maker of heaven and earth and in jesus christ his only son our lord forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Well, thank you again so much for those of you who are worshiping here in person this morning, and for those of you who are worshiping at home via our live stream. We are so grateful that you are all here. And I will let you know that next Sunday, we on December 27th, we'll be having one service in here at 10 o'clock. So we won't have two services, we'll have one service in here at 10 on the 27th, and we're still asking for reservations for that service along with Christmas Eve. And lastly, I forgot earlier to mention that our flowers on the altar were given by Dennis and Brenda Carlisle in celebration of their daughter getting married yesterday in New Orleans. So we celebrate that with them, and we're grateful as always for the beautiful flowers. So after the benediction, Sterling and I will lead out these front doors and we'll invite you to come out those front doors as well. So receive now this benediction. May you go from this time and this space to reflect the light of Christ to the world that so desperately needs it. Go in peace. Amen.